This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Friday the 4th of February. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Emily Ferrier. A US raid leads to a significant death within the Islamic State group. Last night's operation took a major terrorist leader off the battlefield and it sent a strong message to terrorists around the world. We will come after you and find you. And Russia's supposed plans for Ukraine are exposed. We've seen these kinds of activities by the Russians in the past, and we believe it's important when we see it like this, and and we can, to call it out. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We begin in Syria, where the head of the so-called Islamic State has been killed. The news was announced by President Joe Biden after the United States carried out a special forces raid under his order. We all remember the gut-wrenching stories, mass slaughters that wiped out entire villages, thousands of women and young girls sold into slavery, rape used as a weapon of war. And thanks to the bravery of our troops, this horrible terrorist leader is no more. Our forces carried out the operation with their signature preparation and precision, and I directed the Department of Defense to take every precaution possible to minimize civilian casualties. Abu Ibrahim al-Hasimi al-Qureshi was among 13 people to have died during a two-hour shootout at a house in Idlib, a rebel-held province. The ISIS leader then blew himself up with his family, including four women and six children, as US troops landed by helicopter and surrounded the house where he had been in hiding. Richard Spencer, the Times of London's Middle East correspondent, explained to Times Radio why this is significant. We haven't seen anything like this in a number of years. I mean, basically since the last time the U.S. did an airborne mission inside of Syria to kill the previous leader of the Islamic State. So, you know, taking him out is definitely a, at the very least, a symbolic blow. Ben Hubbard, the New York Times' Beirut bureau chief, told Times Radio that this was more symbolically important than operationally. He's had a price on his head for some time from before he became uh, ISIS leader. ISIS generally now is regarded as the more dangerous of the two main sort of international jihadist organizations. So in that sense, he was the leader of the world's most feared terrorist organization. So that made him, you know, America's number one uh, public enemy. The attack was carried out in the northwest region of Syria, close to the border with Turkey. In a statement, the United States Department of Defense spokesman John Kirby explained that this was not the end. Nobody's taken, uh, you know, a victory lap here. Uh, we're we're going to stay at this. They still remain a threat. They still uh, espouse this uh, uh, extreme ideology and this intent to kill, to maim, to terrorize. Uh, and so we're going to stay focused on it. Although the fight against ISIS continues, this move is significant for Joe Biden's presidency in the United States. To Russia now, where the country's plans to fabricate a reason to invade Ukraine have been foiled. It's believed Moscow was considering staging a graphic fake attack, which would have been filmed. Tensions have been growing between the countries for weeks now, as Russia continues to deny plans to invade, despite having troops on the Ukrainian border. The UK's Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, said there will be consequences if they do. We have the sanctions ready, we're providing military support, and we will also intensify our economic cooperation. Because we are a firm and enduring ally of Ukraine and a supporter of Ukraine's territorial sovereignty 
and integrity. According to senior U.S. administration officials, the alleged false flag operation would have shown civilian casualties, destroyed locations, falsified Ukrainian military equipment, drones, and actors playing Russian-speaking mourners. The outing of the alleged plot follows just a day after the U.S. announced its deployment of more troops to its NATO allies in Europe. Russia has called the deployment destructive. On the way, a billionaire and his superyacht caused tensions in Amsterdam, and the BAFTAs have been announced. Times of London Daily World Briefing It's known as the Blue City of Morocco, but the nation has been gripped by Chef Chouen for another reason. Emergency workers are carefully digging to try to save a child who has fallen into a water well near the tourist hotspot in the town of Tamrut. Identified as a five-year-old named Rayan by local media, the boy is believed to have fallen about 104 feet through a narrow opening three days ago. Rescue operations led by Morocco's Civil Protection Directorate have been ongoing since Tuesday night, and a parallel well is being excavated to successfully rescue Ryan. Video footage has shown him alive, and yesterday took food and water that was dropped down using a rope. In Europe, a controversial decision has been made, which has divided Amsterdam and beyond. The historic bridge in the city of Rotterdam is to be dismantled to allow the superyacht of billionaire Jeff Bezos to pass through. The record-breaking vessel, which is over 400 feet long and costs almost $500 billion, is too tall to fit under the bridge. Initially built in 1927, the structure is the first in Western Europe with a central section that can be raised to allow taller ships underneath. But it's simply not enough for Bezos' over-the-top design. Stefan Lewis, Rotterdam local green politician, explained why the bridge is so important. This is uh, one of our few uh, historic monuments that we have left in our city. Uh, our city was uh, greatly damaged after the bombardments in the Second World War. Uh, and now one of the few monuments um, uh, we have left is temporarily uh, uh, decommissioned um, uh, to let pass such a super yard by the super rich. Uh, and it leaves me with a taste that there's one set of rules for for uh, for everyone and one set of rules for the super rich which uh, which is not some kind of society i would like to live in the city of koningshaven is catching flack for agreeing to the dismantling of the national monument after vowing not to do so ever again following a 3-year restoration back in 2017 according to city spokesperson francis van hedst the cost of the affair would fall to shipbuilder oceanco rather than to the city Elsewhere on the continent, oil transportation and storage companies are dealing with a series of suspected cyber attacks. Oil tanking in Germany, Sea Invest in Belgium and Evos in the Netherlands have all reported IT system disruptions over the weekend and earlier in the week. Experts have not said that this was a coordinated attack. The disruption in C-Invest are being investigated by Belgian prosecutors, while a spokesperson for the company has said they were hit Sunday with every port in Europe and Africa affected. 
On Monday, Oil Tanking, a company that stores and transports oil, said it had been hacked and was forced to operate at limited capacity. Reports suggest that hackers were threatening to make systems inoperable until they paid a ransom. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the kickoff of the Winter Olympics, here's John Jackson. The Winter Olympics finally start today in Beijing and will turn attention away from the criticism over human rights. That's according to the organising committee. China rejects the accusations, but several countries, including the United States and Great Britain, have announced a diplomatic boycott of the Games over China's rights record. A spokesperson for the Beijing Olympics said he believes that at the instance in which the Olympic flame is lit, all of this so-called boycott banter will be extinguished. The opening ceremony will take place at the Bird's Nest Stadium. That's the same venue where Beijing's 2008 Games began, making the Chinese capital the first city to host both the Summer and Winter Games. The Winter Olympics take place between today and the 20th of February, with tight, closed-loop COVID-19 protocols segregating competitors and other personnel from the Chinese public. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. The full list of this year's BAFTA nominations has been announced. Sci-Fi Epic Dune is leading the pack, scoring 11 of the nominations. Meanwhile, Western movie The Power of the Dog has eight. Sir Kenneth Brenna's Belfast takes six nominations. Belfast, House of Gucci, and the Bond film No Time to Die have all been nominated for Outstanding British Film. They're handed out on March the 13th at the Royal Albert Hall in London. But the nominations have produced a dilemma for the likes of Timothy Chalamet and Benedict Cumberbatch, who now have to choose between attending the BAFTAs next week or the Oscars in L.A. It's after a rescheduling due to COVID landed them both on the same day. And finally, a Dutch art detective has returned a rare Roman statue that was considered one of France's most important treasures to the museum from which it was stolen nearly 50 years ago. Arthur Brand handed back the first century bronze sculpture statue of the god Bacchus to the director of the Musée de Pays Châtonnet in eastern France. He's been dubbed the Indiana Jones of the art world for his exploits, but Arthur told Times Radio that's a nickname he doesn't deserve. Yeah, well, I didn't invent it myself. It was uh, done by the media. I don't consider myself uh, anyway near Indiana Jones. First of all, he's far more handsome, and I don't even have a driver's license, so go figure. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Friday the 4th of February. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.